Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Show Game Podcast with me, Sean Colfer. Today, we are going to be talking about the women's and open games that happened this weekend, and then we're going to be previewing all the mixed stuff that's happening in the coming weekend. We have mixed league games that are going to be really important. We have the quarterfinals and semifinals of the Mixed Cup, so we'll have a better idea of who's going to be going to nationals, both from the league and the cup. On Monday, we'll have a good idea of what's happening. We'll be able to make some more wild predictions and see just how wild the previous predictions were. A little bit of news to start the podcast. The IFDA has determined how teams are going to be qualifying for Euros. So in previous years, you obviously have had an All-Ireland Championship, and then the teams who qualify through that go to uh, regionals, Euro regionals, which is UK nationals. That is not going to be happening this year for obvious reasons. Travel between Ireland and the UK is still limited. So instead of doing that, Ireland have been awarded one bid in each division, open, women's and mixed, and they are going to be playing internally to see who takes that bid. So for open, we have Ranler versus Pelt versus XPI. It's a round robin. The team that comes out on top will be taking the open bid. In women's, we have Gravity versus Rebel versus Flame. Flame, a new team from Dublin with a lot of under-24s and some Irish national team players. Again, they have one spot. And then in mixed, it will be Pelt versus Jabba the Huck for the final spot there. Obviously, all these teams, uh, with the exception of Flame, who, as I said, are a new Dublin team, all these teams are pretty well known. I'm sure that they're not new to anybody who is listening, but just to go over them very briefly, Randler, Dublin team, Pelt, Limerick, XVI from Dublin. Uh, Gravity, uh, the reigning UK and national champions, technically uh, a Dublin team uh, featuring a lot of players from the the women's team who won Euros for Ireland. Rebel have also some of those other players. They are from Cork. And then Jabba the Huck, another Dublin team in mixed. So I think realistically we're looking at uh, Randler versus Pelt. XBI are a very good young team who did a very good job at the last time they were at UK Nationals in 2019. But Randler and Pelt, I expect, should be the two teams that are going to be in contention for that open spot. Uh, realistically, I think Gravity are probably going to be a step above Rebel and Flame, although Rebel have got a good history of upsetting Gravity in, in Irish Championship games, so they certainly have a chance there. And then with Pelt and Jabba, they'll be roster-locking in terms of if the Pelt players win their games and go through to Euros, those players are then not going to be able to play for Pelt mixed. But the Pelt versus Jabba game is on the Sunday, it might well be if some of those Pelt players don't qualify for Euros with their open team, we see some of them with the mixed team. I think it's difficult to tell. Pelt have very variable squads when they've come along to mixed championships in the UK. So difficult to call a winner there, to be honest with you. But that's the process in Ireland. Good luck to all those teams fighting for those spots at Euros. And hopefully when we get to all islands later in the year to determine those world spots, we'll have a few more teams and they'll be able to be a bit more of a, a battle to try and get those spots. So that's the news. After this break, we will be going straight into talking about the Open Division and then about the Women's Division. Let's start with the Open and Women's Divisions. So in the Open Division, we saw games involving all six teams. We saw Emo for the first time, but their first time out did not go particularly well for them against Alba and Devon, two of the better teams in the country, obviously. I've been talking all year that Alba and Devon are two of the top four teams around. Emo lost 15-5 to Alba and 15-3 to Devon. Not too much to say about those. They will be playing Chevron uh, next time out, and they also obviously have these fixtures to make up against Clapham and Kapow, so I'm sure they'll be hoping they can make an impression uh, against Clapham and Chevron and then you know really target that game against Kapow because it looks as though that's going to be the final spot in the league up for grabs. In the other game there, Alba played Devon. It was 8-7 at half to Alba. But they ran away with it in the second half, 15-9. So a really convincing second half performance, taking that second half 7-2. I spoke to uh, one of the Alba players uh, and basically said it looks like you had a great second half and they said that uh, it was more likely that they had a bad first half. So that was kind of their takeaway from the game. They were under the impression that they should have been doing a bit better in the first half. But uh, whatever that case, their 15-9 win against likely their closest competitor for third place in the country, I think is a really, really good result for Alba. Devon, I'm sure we're going to be taking lessons away from that, but it's not a great sign for them, considering, as I, as we've just said, Alba are going to be the main competition for that third place, which could very well be the final world's place. So they are certainly going to have to 
come up with a plan to address that six-point imbalance and, and try and come back at Alba next time they play. Obviously, the first half, they did a good job. So there's things they can do. There's things that work. They just need to make sure that they can sustain those over a whole game, I suppose. And then in the other open games, it was Chevron, Clapham and Kapow. Again, Kapow didn't uh, have a great day in terms of results, although I haven't spoken to anyone from Kapow about their performances, so they might have been pretty pleased with how they played. But Chevron 15-4 against Kapow and Clapham 15-7 against Kapow. So work to do for them. And again, they still have to play Emo. That game looks as though it's going to be finding out who takes the wooden spoon, I suppose, in the league. But um, a tough a tough league so far for Kapow. And then Clapham played Chevron. And that game was surprising in the sense that Clapham didn't really seem to struggle all that much. It was 15-8. I expected that Chevron would be the tightest game that, that Clapham had had so far. And that has been the case. I mean, they've won 15-7, 15-7 and 15-8. So while it is the tightest game they've had, it seems as though they've been pretty much jogging through this whole this whole league. Again, I've only spoken to someone from Clapham in passing, and they did say it was a more competitive game than they had had against other teams. But uh, again, if Chevron won a try and take that top spot, try and knock off Clapham and not allow them to get a 20th championship in a row. There's a pretty big gap they're going to need to bridge there. They obviously have a lot of talent. They have a lot of people who are capable of winning games and capable of affecting games. So it's not as though they're they're without hope. They certainly can do it. But uh, that is a pretty big statement early on in the season. Well, midway through the season, I suppose, from Clapham. And really sets out their stall that they are not taking their foot off the gas here. They're looking to go through this league and go into nationals with their usual kind of fear factor and really take this division without anyone questioning who is the best team around. So in the women's division, we had a lot of coverage over the weekend, which I'm sure many of the people listening uh, saw and were aware of. So not to spend too much time with me talking about these games, but Smog Iceni in Bristol were all in Birmingham. They played three games. Two of them went to sudden death. Both games involving Iceni went to sudden death. Iceni lost to Smog 13-12 and beat Bristol 14-13. Smog, meanwhile, beat Bristol 15-12. So all close games, all fantastic games. It was all very entertaining. Uh, I had a great time, even though the weather was extremely hot compared to what we were expecting. So I was not prepared in the slightest, but I had a good day. I hope you all enjoyed the coverage that both we put out and that uh, Hoagie put out. On his, uh, on his Twitch channel. If you saw that, I'm sure that game will be up on YouTube fairly soon. So I would recommend you all check them out. It was great stuff. In the other games in the women's division, Red dropped out of games against Scram and Sick, which is a shame. Hopefully they can get those done fairly quickly. I think it was a kind of number of players issue for Red. So Sick went up to York to play against Scram. Uh, Leeds also uh, played against Scram to kind of make it a bit more worthwhile for Scram over the course of the weekend. But Sick had a really convincing, really comprehensive 15-3 win against Scram. So sick there, doing what they needed to do. They needed to go in and kind of get a morale boosting, putting down a message win. It looks as though they're in a pretty good spot to finish fourth in the league now. Obviously, they still have to play red. But given the results that we've seen so far, it did look as though sick had a bit of an upper hand in that game. And obviously, they're going to be riding a wave of confidence after such a, a great win against a rival in Scram. So good result for sick. Scram, They've had a really disrupted start to the season, as have many of the other Scottish teams. Um, I've spoken to Rona Gordon from Scram about what they can take from this game and the other games they played over the course of the weekend. They also played Smog and lost 15-3. And just generally where they think their season is going and, and how they're feeling about it so far. So let's not hear any more from me. Let's hear from Rona. I'm joined now by Rona Gordon from Scram. Rona, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, thanks. Good, good. So you obviously had your first two games this weekend, uh, well, your first three games, including the Challenge League game against Leeds, I suppose. But let's start before the season. Scotland's obviously had different restrictions to everyone else, as we're well aware. Scottish teams started in the league later than everyone else did. How has that been? It must have been pretty difficult with the changes at Glasgow compared to everywhere else in Scotland. It must have really disrupted what you wanted to do. Yeah, it's been pretty challenging, pretty frustrating. Um, we, I think, I, I've kind of lost track of, of when it was we were actually allowed to train in kind of phase D um, circumstances on under UKU's guidance. Um, but it was significantly later than the English teams and then Glasgow as well had an, had an extra delay of like three, four weeks. 
um, than the rest of Scotland. So we actually only had one, well, we were only supposed to have one full squad training time-wise. Um, obviously, we'd have liked a lot more um, before our first game in the league. But um, because we didn't play the small game, that actually gives the second full squad training. But but that was it before we went into our um, first games against sick at the weekend. So it it was really challenging, just from the kind of uh, from the point of view that I guess the the restrictions being different and and just been trying to navigate them and trying to make sure that everything like was was going to be okay and we weren't breaking any COVID rules as well we were trying to get pitches booked for our sick game originally in Manchester but then there was a Manchester to Scotland travel ban so that had to be rearranged and just the kind of stress like you don't really get to we didn't really get the chance to get excited about Frisbee because we spent so much time making sure that all, all everything was going to go off without a hitch in terms of the fixtures and stuff like that and making sure that we all had tests before we went um covid tests and it's so yeah it, it, it's been a it's been a stressful time but it was really really good to get back to it at the weekend really enjoyable yeah so you obviously it's it does suck that you haven't had time to kind of get excited about it but how was it when you were actually playing again playing against not just your squad playing against other people yeah it was not going to lie, like the first game was the most nervous I think I've ever been for a Frisbee game <laughs> <laughs> in my in my career, my Frisbee career. But um, it, it once you kind of once I got over those initial nerves and had my kind of first drop then <laughs> that I didn't want to have, I was like, oh, it's, it's only Frisbee and, and got the chance to kind of get excited and and get the kind of squad a little bit hyped up um, again. It, yeah, it was just so good to be back. Um, and there were, I mean, there were tough games um, against uh, sick on the on the first game to start start off, and the rain, I, like it was proper torrential like downpours the minute we started our warm up, and it, we just got absolutely soaked. So not the not the best conditions to start off, but um, yeah, kind of thrown back in at the deep end a little bit. But um, it was good. It was really good to get back to it, and and sick are a very strong team and a team that we look forward to playing against another time in the season hopefully when we're a bit more practiced yeah so you said uh you played sick you obviously played smog as well the next day let's look at the two league games to start with um two tough results but what have you kind of learned as a team what have you taken out of those two results i guess our kind of goal as a squad Scram kind of existed to be that kind of elite level team in Scotland. To we had a lot of very good players coming off the back of, you know, a competitive world cycle with two Scottish mixed teams going to worlds, and we, you know, previously had a, had Swift in Scotland, which co- tried to cover a lot and was really really good for development and getting people into into the sport and playing at a kind of like higher level um but scram was really the opportunity for us to really push as hard as we could um um, and to really show the rest of the UK what we had to offer so we've kind of come into this season with our sights set pretty high in terms of how we want to finish at nationals and things like that but that weekend there we were playing with quite a new squad um, and a lot of new players and there was players you know I said that we'd only trained for the first time you know we'd only had two full squad trainings but mm. for, for some people it was the, it was the first time I'd ever met some people on the team in person not just over Zoom so so it's been a big adjustment to get to kind of find our feet a little bit with the new squad and to see how things are looking. I think we we kind of used the weekend I guess as an opportunity to play lots of you know get get everyone a good amount of pitch time get uh, get a lot of fresh hands on the disc um and I think it, it gave people maybe an experience that they hadn't had before some of our like kind of newer and less experienced players got the chance to um step up a little bit and that was really good um we kind of learned going forward I guess we're we're maybe now rethinking to kind of what we need to do in order to achieve the the finish at nationals that we want um and so we'll be kind of I guess personally I'll be thinking okay the, reminding myself that this is what frisbee is like and you have to you know 
it's just going to be a normal season from now on and, and kind of treating it like that because I think up until the weekend you know I'd kind of forgotten what a frisbee season was and mm. I was just going and throwing because you know that's what I did and that was what was fun you know you you, you just spend time doing because it's part of your routine and then you're like actually no I'm training for something now and um, so I think we're kind of shifting how to uh, as a team how to I guess regroup and think about our goal for the season and um, we kind of learned that we're a team that really likes to bring a lot of energy and a lot of hype um, to the pitch and it's really enjoyable to be on a team like that um, a bit chaotic but I love it and <laughs> um, and yeah so I would say that's one thing we definitely learned um, going forward. It's just what you need after the preparations more chaos just pure chaos all the time is, is yeah, the, uh-huh. the best way to approach it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just carry that on. Yeah. So you talked there a little bit about, you know, wanting to or having high high aspirations coming into the season and and having to kind of, you know, learn on your feet and get back into it. And you obviously lost players like Ellie and Haley, and you're bringing in new faces. So as you move into the next league games or and whatever Challenge League games you play as well, and you move towards potentially nationals, are you setting an aim for nationals? Or at this point, is it just like, let's focus on us and let's focus on cohesion and let's like really improve and, and really try and peak at the end of the season I guess our, our kind of you know we we have a better idea of how our season is going to pan out now you know in terms of our, our next um our next league games um and then you know in terms of playoffs and and qualifying for nationals and things like that um I think we really are going to focus on building the connections that we've got. Like you say, we we lost quite a significant amount of, I guess, our kind of tactics committee over and our starting line um, through, you know, people moving away and and um, growing up. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, so it, it has, building those connections, especially, you know, even if it hadn't been a pandemic, I think losing the, the kind of key core players that we had in 2019, that was going to be a big adjustment as well. So I guess we're focusing on building those connections, but at the same time, we have very strong players still that have formed a kind of new core for the team. And it's just, I guess, sussing out where we all fit in with each other and um, what we look for from each other um, and to kind of reignite some old connections, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I suppose given that you have got these new connections you need to forge, and uh, you've got you've got this kind of hopefully the most chaotic part of the season behind you. I suppose it's a a positive thing going into these next big games and and trying to really show everyone that you you know you can you can reach that kind of level. Yeah, yeah, and I think that will be our kind of mindset of when we go and play Icini in Bristol. Of you know, we've already we've shaken the nerves off. We've remembered what frisbee is like. Um, and just go out and and have fun and and I think the the small game was a bit nicer for that I, I mean in terms of you know from our point of view we kind of had shaken things off a little bit and we just knew that we were going to go out and do our bit and celebrate every point every block and 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 that's kind of how we that's how I enjoy per- playing personally and I think the rest of the the team hopefully enjoy it as well great well I'd certainly look forward to seeing how you do against Bristol and, uh, and Iceni. Um, good luck in those games. Good luck in Thank you. your other games as well. And uh, hopefully speak to you again later in the season. Thank you. So that is the Open and Women's Division. That's the state of things there. It's been a really interesting league so far. And I think we've got a pretty good sense now on both sides of where we're looking at seeing things shake out. It looks as though Smog are heavy favourites to win the league. They have obviously declined their place to Nationals, which would mean that Iceni and Bristol, all things being as I expect them to be, they both have to play Scram. I would think that those two teams are probably going to beat Scram, but anything can happen, as we've seen. I think Iceni and Bristol are going to be the top two seeds, and that means Six, Scram and Red are all going to have to go through the qualification process playing against teams from the Cup. So there could be some movement here. There could be some different teams getting to Nationals than we perhaps expected. Smog being so strong has definitely shaken that women's division up a bit, but... At the moment, it looks as though they are on track to take a win in the first ever National League. And in the open side, I think it's much less surprising that Clapham look as though they're 
going to win that league. Chevron and Albert are in a great position now to solidify themselves in those second and third spots. And that would mean that Devon, Emo and Kapow would need to qualify against teams from the Cup. It would also mean that third place in the Cup would not qualify directly into Nationals, as they will probably do in Women's. So it means it's a pretty standard, exactly as the UKU outlined process in the Open Division. Slight changes in the Women's. But it's really good to see that we're getting the results that we have been you know, waiting for starting to come become a bit clearer and we can start thinking about how that might affect the rest of the season so it's been good so far fingers crossed we get the games that were postponed with uh, with emo and with scram and red we get those penciled in and get those done nice and quick but uh, so far it's been really interesting i'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season works out for that but that is really it for opening women's there's not too much more to discuss until we get to next weekend where we have the cups to talk about but the big thing for this weekend is mixed. So we'll take a quick break and then we are going to talk about that. So to talk about the mixed division, we will start with the mixed league. So in one set of games, we're going to be seeing Reading playing against Glasgow and Birmingham. We obviously haven't seen Glasgow yet, so it's difficult to tell what we're going to be able to see from them. But Reading are unbeaten. They look like they're one of the stronger teams in the league, so it's going to be interesting to see how Glasgow can compete against them. I dare say Reading against Birmingham is looking likely to be a Reading victory, but Birmingham obviously have had a variable team so far. They had a fairly strong team against Deep Space. They were missing a few people in the game against Mighty Hucks. So let's see who they're able to come out with this time. But I think reading the kind of tea leaves here, it, I would say Reading are, are favourites of both of these games. That would put them at four wins, no losses, if they're able to do that, and would put them basically guaranteed as the qualification spot for the Nationals. Glasgow and Birmingham is going to be interesting to see who looking who is looking like the stronger team out of those two, because the stronger team out of those two might have an outside shot at getting into the top three, but I think it's probably positioning at this point in the, in the lower half of the mixed league. A lot of the intrigue this weekend, though, comes from the other games that we're going to be seeing. We are seeing Smog. We have not seen their mixed team before. Their women's team obviously performed extremely well at the weekend, but we have not seen their mixed team in action. Deep Space, who are 1-1, one and one, they beat Birmingham, but they lost to Reading. And Mighty Hucks. Mighty Hucks, who again beat Birmingham, lost to Reading, but have a very strong squad this weekend. They have a bigger squad this weekend than they've had before. A lot of players from Clapham, from Iceni, from other really strong teams around the country. Their team is a team of individuals in the sense that they don't train together. This is not a team that has built chemistry and cohesion over training sessions together. They turn up, they play, they're friends, they have fun, but they're very, very good. And the games this weekend are probably going to be determining who finishes in the top three. Smog, I've said from the beginning, are my favourites for the National League and the Nationals this year. I think looking at their squad, that is the best team in the country at the moment. Obviously, Reading are going to have something to say about that. That game is the last game of the league, as I talked about with Ryan and Bex last week. Deep Space are shooting for that third spot at Worlds that we think is going to be there. We don't know for sure. We think is going to be there, at least. They want to be going to Worlds. They want to be finishing in that top three. They want to be at the higher end of Nationals. They are obviously in the final in 2019 and got to the top four of Euros in 2019. If they win both these games, they're going to be in great shape to do that. You know, That's not going to be a thing that they're going to have to worry about if they come out of this weekend with two wins. That would be... That would represent a fantastic return. If they lose both of these games, which is obviously possible because Smog and Mighty Hucks are very good, then it would look as though Deep Space are probably going to be finishing fourth in the league and would therefore have to go through the qualification process of playing against teams from the Cup. Now, Deep Space, again, are very strong. Even if they were to lose both these two games, they would definitely be favourites against whoever they played coming out of the Cup. But still, that represents a hurdle. That represents a challenge. And these challenges, even if you are favourites, to come through every single one, they're challenges for a reason. We've seen stranger things happen than a team who has been one of the best teams in the country have a bad day because that's all it takes. These games are one-offs. It's not like this is a tournament where you can grow into the day. All you need to do is have a bad half, to be honest with you, and, and that can really have an impact. So I don't think Deep Space's season is going to be determined exactly by what happens this weekend. I think that would be crazy to say because they're clearly a really good team and Whatever happens this weekend, as I said, they'll still be favourites to make it to Nationals. And I would still be picking them to go into the top three at Nationals, at least. But this is going to be 
a really interesting, really important barometer for their season, a, a sense check, a temperature check on on their aspirations. Are they going to be good enough to really push Smog and really challenge Smog when Smog are coming out of the gates fairly cold? Deep Space have had a few more games, they've had a bit more time to get to know each other in that kind of crucible than Smog have. Are they going to be able to push a team like Mighty Hucks? Mighty Hucks rely on their athleticism and their throwing ability in terms of challenging teams deep. That's what they're really good at. That's what they like doing. Deep Space really don't play against too many teams like that in the mixed division. So are they going to be able to match that kind of uh, intensity and athleticism? Again, it's going to be just interesting to see how they match up to that. And I think they're going to match up reasonably well. But I think those three games are all going to be really, really, really interesting. So with that in mind, I spoke to one of the Deep Space captains, Connor Hogan. Hoagie, as I'm sure you'll all know him, uh, about, about those games that are coming up at the weekend, about what Deep Space are looking to do over the course of the rest of the season. We talked a little bit about the women's games that happened at the weekend as well. He was obviously there and we talked a little bit about just some of the general thoughts. So uh, let's go into that discussion and then after that we'll talk about the draft. All right, so I'm joined by one half of Send It, Connor Hoagie Hogan. Hoagie, how are you? Yeah, very good, Sean. Thank you very much for the immediate plug. Uh, well, you know, we've got to stick together in Ultimate Media. It's a, it's a tough game, so I've got, got to help each other out, I suppose. Fact, 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 fact. Yes, almost uh, promoting the competitor, though. Uh, give us time, give us time. We're coming for you all. Uh, I'm comfortable in my position. Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bravado for me. <laughs> so... Uh, we, you're here to talk about mix largely, but uh, as I'm sure everyone listening knows, we were both there at the weekend watching Smog, Bristol and Iceni. So give me two or three quick thoughts on those games. What did you think of the games on Saturday? Uh, yeah, I think that I think it was pretty obvious kind of going into that weekend from well, the results we'd seen, but then also they kind of displayed this as well, that that was um, absolutely kind of the, the peak of women's ultimate in the UK at the moment. Um, I think there's still quite a gap, I guess, in terms of like the tiers of levels of ability in the women's division. So that was kind of the top three um, teams uh, at, the, at that peak. And then below that, you've probably got Sick, Spice, Scram, maybe LMU. Um, and then there's a bit of a drop-off. So we were there for probably what we're going to see is the top three games this year before Nats. Um, but I guess that's not too dissimilar to previous years. So we kind of, we kind of knew that a bit already. We're, we're hypothesizing what we'd see after, you know, the return to play. Um, but yeah. Um, I'm looking at the top three in the league at the moment. I'm not really surprised if Smog don't win the league. And if Nats, the final isn't Bristol Iceni at this rate. Um, looking at what the three teams can take away from the weekend, I think um, Smog kind of know that they can compete and win in that division if they ever decide to ditch the guys. Um, <laughs> I see you know that they can put strings of breaks together against anyone, but I think they'll really be looking to tighten up their O-line D after the weekend. Um, and the mental toughness of Bristol is crazy strong. So, yeah, that, that game against I see you was outrageous. Um and even though Iceni won that, I feel like Bristol almost have the mental edge over them for the next time they meet. Um, I say almost. So, yeah, I guess like they're the big takeaways anyway for me from the weekend. Yeah, I think they're all good points. I think the point about the, the tiers is definitely a good one. I would say that's not the women's division is the only one. You know, you look at the mixed for division, sure. I, think you've got, I think you've got three, maybe four teams that are, you know, ahead of everyone else that are going to go into nationals. In open, you could probably make a pretty strong argument that there's one team and then there's everyone else. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I certainly agree with everything else you said. Um, and I think coming out of that weekend or coming out of this weekend, because obviously Sick have had what they needed. They needed a nice confidence boosting win. I think it really sets the, the league and then Nationals up pretty nicely, actually. So, yeah, all good points. Uh, let's move on to Mix. Let's move on to Mix. That is mm -hmm. the reason that you're here. Yes. So, so far, uh, you would one of the captains of Deep Space, and so far you've played two games. You've played uh, Reading and Birmingham. So before we get into those, let's talk about the preparations for the season. As with everyone else, it's been a strange one. So 
what was it like going through the trials process? You've got sick and ICD obviously trialing at similar times. You've got the men's teams as well, the open teams. You've got to kind of scramble around for players a little bit. How was it kind of setting up a team with all that going on? Uh, yeah, it was pretty mental. Um, I think we kind of went from having phase B trainings, nudging towards phase C, and then overnight we just had to plan trials about two weeks later from the point that we were at at the time. Um so it was pretty loose. Um, we had trials at phase C for the first two weeks and then the final trial we ran at phase D. Um, and it was all very tentative, to be honest. Like people were still finding their feet playing at that level again. Um, and yeah, it was, just, it was just very strange. It was very, yeah, definitely very strange. Um, but we had a bit of an extended trial period until mid-May, I think it was. And then it was time to kind of shore up the squad and get training. Um, and since then, we've been training twice weekly. With uh, Training has been pretty well attended. We have a large squad and a lot of kind of club players, as we call them, or like practice players, you might call them on other teams. Um, so we always have numbers of training, which is very helpful. But yeah, I guess in terms of preparation, it's definitely been the weirdest season to date um in terms of like the trials with all the other teams doing stuff at the same time i think you know in the space of those three four weeks we had trials we um we found that people would be trialing for multiple teams on a given day and then on the other day of the weekend they'd also have trials for more teams so i think that's something we always compete for though is like trial times and space and you know the communication from the teams is largely quite good across the divisions um so we don't really tread on each other's toes too much but yeah this year everything was just quite accelerated so it was it was tricky it was tricky so talking about the season you played Birmingham first uh, a fairly routine win there uh, with obviously Birmingham having kind of a, a, a different squad in their two games so far and then you played Reading and I believe that was Reading's kind of first game since they've finalized their squad as well and they were they came out winners there you've got two big games coming up this weekend, but how would those games for you and what are you taking out of those two games? Yeah, so the Brum game, as you say, was a nice win to get early in the season. Um, I think that the tricky thing there is you don't really mentally prepare for some of the tough battles to follow when you get an early big win. Um, so when we had a real challenge against Reading, it was a bit of a punch in the mouth, to be honest. Mm. Um, we took lots away, though, from both games. As you, and I guess especially that Reading game, as you always do with your losses, um, it was a big piece for us as the leadership to take away and kind of chat more ahead of games and, and get strategize a little bit more. We never really approach two games the same way, um, but we just need to kind of over-communicate things at the moment because I guess normally in a season to this date, so where we, we're in the like early stages of July, like this time two years ago we had played four tournaments and we had played other friendlies so we've played five games this year between league games and challenge league games whereas normally we'd play 25 um and normally on a weekend you'd have four or five games after your first game of a tour or a tournament um to kind of fix stuff from the first game figure stuff out you don't get that you lose all momentum after your first game so it's yeah, I guess the stuff around like how do we start fast? Um, when as I say, we don't have that momentum. There's two weeks in between games, and yeah, there's just a lot of uh, lot of things to consider around like mental prep for games more so than in previous seasons. I think if I go into too many other details, I'll just be giving away secrets. So yeah, I'll leave <laughs> it at that. <laughs> Keep the trade secrets. All right, fair enough. So I did I did mention it kind of or trail in the last question, but the weekend coming up you have uh, Smog and Mighty Hucks. So they're two pretty important games because with the loss to Reading and these two teams looking like two of the stronger teams in the league, this could potentially sort out who's second, who's third, and who goes into the qualification in terms of playing against the teams coming up from the cup. So I suppose it's one of those things where I imagine you're not building this up in your heads of being like, this is really crucial. How are you approaching these games you know, what kind of things are you thinking about? Smog obviously haven't played yet. You've seen the women play, but the Smog men haven't played yet. So how difficult is it to kind of get your, get your mental game straight for as well? Yeah, so I think you just got to kind of, you know, you just have to focus on the games that are in front of you. Um, 
I don't think there's any way we could possibly look past this weekend at this point. Uh, there's no point looking at towards the playoffs, especially when you have no idea who is even potential opponent at this stage. Um, and it's always pretty dangerous to look past the teams in front of you. I mean, Smog are national champions, and we've seen the depth of possess on one side of their squad at least. Um, I think it would be madness to look past them or even have anything but respect for them going into the game. Um, on paper, they're probably the favourites for nationals this year, but I guess me personally, I've never really feared a team going into a game. And if last weekend showed us anything, it's that a game's never really over until it's over. So we'll turn up ready for a fight. Um, they might settle for a pre-range Frisbee game, but I'll ask them if they want to fight. Um, and then Hooks, <laughs> uh, while a glorified pickup team, um, are full of good players. And it's completely nothing to lose kind of situation for them because they aren't really focusing on nationals. They have to climb that bid um, if they were to get it, I guess, in top three. And the other tricky thing about Hooks, I guess, is because they have different players, different squad entirely almost for each game, like they're nearly impossible to scout. So you just got to rock up, trust your systems, trust the process, um, and then find out what works on the day and then just get the job done. So two really tricky games that are very unique in terms of how we prep for them but as i say like we're gonna we're gonna just look at each game individually you can't really prepare for all the teams the same way i, I suppose there's two things to to finish on kind of the structure and then your aim for the season let's start with the aim for the season given that we've been talking a little bit about a little bit about the uh the games coming up are you looking at aims for the season i mean every other team has kind of said that they've been taking the games as they come and i know that's the sensible way to take it but has there been any internal discussions about Euros, world, top three, nationals, you know, what, what kind of things are you, are you thinking about? Um, I guess from a personal perspective, I'd love to finish the season with no major injuries and uh, be the most watch ultimate related stream on Twitch. <laughs> Not actually though. Um, I mean, that would be fun, but no. Uh, like we have talked about Wales as a goal. We have emphasized it saying this is part of what we want to do as a club this year. And I think we communicated that with all our trialists saying, you know, we're competitive team who has competitive goals um so yeah i mean at the moment that means winning nationals as there's only one bid um it's a pretty tall order but we're good and we're competitive and we're happy to accept the challenge ahead of us um and you know me i'm pretty competitive i don't like making goals that are too easy so why not aim for winning nats um besides in 2018 the uk had four or five bids to cincinnati so if the same thing happens again this year, then happy days. Like, I'd I'd love to see a good representation of the UK's mixed division at Worlds. Um, there's plenty of good teams who can punch above their weight. Um, like Reading and Smog, both are good outings last time out. We showed that, you know, we can punch above our weight um, at Euros 2019, coming top four. So it'd just be good to see a lot of the teams there um, kind of showcasing the division in the UK. So, yeah. Um, Wales is absolutely the aim and at the moment as I said that means having to win that then in terms of structure of the season obviously it's completely different to anything anyone's done before how are you finding it um, yeah I mean there's a lot of a lot of people chatting about it um, they might disagree with what I'm going to say but I think given the quick turnaround the system's been fine for this year Um I think going forward, I prefer a knockout system to run alongside a league or something like that. So like mini tours or even that kind of like a mix of tours and this kind of league structure. Um, I do miss weekend tournaments, even if my body is pretty happy to have like one game at a time. Um, <laughs> it's kind of the buzz and atmosphere you have with those, those weekends. Um, as much as anything that you miss, right? Like it's not just the, the multiple games in a weekend. Um and like playing as much frizz as possible. It's like, it's actually getting to see your mates from around the country. And when the Irish come over as well, I mean, I, for one, I'm happy to see them. <laughs> so yeah, like, I think credit to the UKU for getting something like or anything sorted in place for the season. Um, but I don't think personally, I want this to be the system long-term. Um, I think from mix, especially there could be a tour structure like we normally have in March through May. Um, and then over the summer, 
have closer to what we have this year and then kind of have that hybrid of the two. Um, Because normally for the mixed division, like we're essentially done domestically for like two and a half months, the middle of the year. Like we play two or three in the middle of May. And then the next time we play a tournament domestically is the first weekend of August or something like that for regionals. So that big break isn't great. And it means that, you know, we have to go abroad to find more tournaments. So like we went to Talent Pie in 2019, which was, was great. But then, you know, games get called off or windmill where, you know, it's awesome, but it's really hard to get into. Um, so I guess like having something throughout the summer was, would be really beneficial. Um, it's really I hard think, to keep that momentum as well. Like you just, you lose all that momentum and you, next time you see each other and you're playing against other people, you haven't played in two months. And at that point, I mean, it's just really difficult to pick that back up again. And the quality suffers, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think like there's, there's a lot of people kind of grumbling about being knocked early, knocked out early in the season. And that's the end of their season. Um, but I think some teams are quickly overlooking the Challenge League and the benefits of putting in the work to play lots of those games. I mean, like, God forbid the UKU didn't plan all our games and we had to do some admin ourselves to, like, organize fixtures. Um, so, yeah, I think people should be focusing on the benefits of the Challenge League, um, getting a couple of teams together. So if, like, off the top of my head, if you have Kapow or Fire or something like that who want to play against Devon more often or whatever it might be, get a couple of the London teams to make the trip down get Bristol, get Devon, you've got four or five teams straight away, have like a one-day thing. Like, stuff like that. Teams need to collaborate a bit more and then the season isn't such a loss even if you're out of the competitive structure. Yeah, I think it's fair points and definitely I've been seeing more and more challenge leagues, challenge league games happen, particularly like across the north. It seems like teams are really investing the time into travelling between cities and and going around and it's definitely, I think people are definitely going to see a positive difference going into next season if they do put in the work and do kind of organize more of these fixtures for sure and i think the other thing to think about as well is like what do we do at the end of the season while we wait for the next season to roll around like it's a shortened season it's less intense like do you need as long an off season do you need any off season like can you crack on through the winter months and like organize more winter leagues um yes the weather is going to be deteriorating at some point um I mean, I say that it's been bucketing rain all day. Yeah, it's, not <laughs> um, nice. it's not very nice currently, but you get my point. Like if you don't need to take an enormous break from whenever your season finishes, like let's say that's at nationals, then mm. put in the, put in the work and get something done between September and February and the season starts again. Yeah. Everyone's got far fewer points in their legs and you can get used to it. I suppose, you know, if you have one game every two weeks through the winter, you can kind of get used to that that process and then as we go into a tournament you'll be in really a good place going into it because i mean we had what 13 months of pretty much nothing so going into the next time we have tournaments and you've had nine months of playing a game every couple of weeks you'll definitely be mm-hmm. a better place for it for sure and i think people need it like i'd be shocked if people said in september they needed an off season or at least the same kind of style off season you had in previous mm-hmm. years so yeah if if you want to play more frizz put in a bit of work all right, we'll leave it there. Good luck for your games at the weekend and good luck for the what, whatever other games you have, unless you're playing against Herd, obviously. Oh, but of course. Well, thank you very much for chatting. It's been a lot of fun. All right, so that is the league. We've got some really interesting fixtures going on there this weekend. Fixtures that could very well have quite an impact on who is playing who coming out of the cup so the cup this week for the mixed division reaches the quarterfinal stage and we have a southern bracket and a northern bracket with apologies to lemmings and lemmings in the southern bracket we have oxford versus cambridge obviously these two teams probably know each other fairly well given that a lot of people will have gone to university in those cities and you have the varsity matches so i'm sure these people are not strangers to each other they play against each other many many times And on the other side, we have Thundering Herd against Bristol. Thundering Herd, a team from London, and to put everyone's cards on the table, the team that I play for. And Bristol Mixed, as I talked to Paddy about a couple of weeks ago, a team made up of people who used to play for Open and Women's, and some people who just prefer playing Mixed, who came through their first round matchup nice and comfortably 15-8 against Plymouth. So let's start with the 
uh, the varsity matchup, I suppose. Oxford had a tighter game in the first round than did Cambridge. Oxford won 15-9 against Zoo, another London team. But Oxford, I think, might be boosted by a couple of people who have been playing Reading Open. I know there's a few people that live in that kind of area who have been playing for Reading Open. I don't know for sure that they're going to be playing with Oxford, but it certainly wouldn't be a surprise if Oxford had a couple of additions to their squad. Cambridge, on the other hand, hammered GFM. We talked about that a few weeks ago. 15-1, very convincing result that was really impressive, frankly, that Cambridge were able to pull that out. And they have some really, really good players. I think they're going to be affected slightly by Smashed. Smashed came through in the Open Division Cup, and some of the players who were playing for Smashed were playing for Cambridge as guests in that first game, so they'll be without those players. Without those players, they are still going to be a very good team. The strength of the team is, I think, in how experienced and cohesive they were. We heard Hannah talk about how they were able to adjust their game plan to really challenge what GFM were doing, and they were able to do that because of the experience they have, the athleticism they have, and the really good chemistry that they have. A lot of those people who play for Cambridge have played there for quite some time. So this is going to be a really good matchup between two teams that I think are probably, probably going to be a roughly similar level. I think if I had to shade one way or the other, I know I said a few weeks ago with Harry that I would probably shade toward Oxford. It's one of those things I think I've been thinking about it a bit more and perhaps I'm, I've overthought it and I'm uh, second-guessing myself, but I think I'd probably shade towards Cambridge, but really I'd say this is one is as, as tough to call uh, as, as you'll get. I think it's going to be a really close game. In the other one, Thundering Herd, uh, I know, have been running open sessions, as I've mentioned before. At no point have the sessions been closed, so there's been really good numbers at every session, uh, midweek and weekend. There's been a team that has been picked for this matchup. Unlike previous games where some of the Challenge League players that's the players who would usually be on a herd two if we'd had a, a more structured season. They were going to other games. They went to the Flight Club game. They played against Brixton in a Challenge League game last weekend. All, not all of those players will be going this weekend. It will be the people that have been picked, that have been selected to play in this quarterfinal. That team played against Reading and defeated them last weekend. It was a diminished Reading team, but there were still some fairly familiar faces. It was still a decent team. Obviously, it's Reading. They've not really got a bad team out of their 23 teams. So I, obviously, you can call me biased, I'm probably going to be favouring Heard in this matchup, but Bristol are not to be taken lightly. As I said, they came through their first round matchup pretty comfortably and they have some experienced players, some very talented players, and it is going to be a difficult match for Heard, and it's going to be, I think, another one that's pretty close. I think we're probably past the point at this stage, with one game accepted, which I'll talk about in a second, where we're seeing blowouts. I think we're going to be looking at most of these teams getting into double figures and it really comes down to who can make a play here or there, who can make a hold here or there, who can get a break when they need one. I think it's going to be close for both those games but I'm thinking that we're going to have Cambridge versus Heard in the semi-final. The semi-finals for both of these kind of northern and southern brackets are happening on the same day. You'll also get the recovery game so that we know which of the quarter finalists are going to be playing up when the teams from the league are finished with their fixtures. So there'll be two games for each team, um, maybe there'll be three games. I don't know if the, the teams that are not playing each other in a competitive structure will play a Challenge League game. I suppose that's, uh, that could happen, but I think it's just going to be two games per team and it's going to be all all to play for. So as I say, I'm looking at Cambridge versus Heard in the semi-final and in terms of who gets to the final, I'm backing my teammates. I think Heard have got a good group together. There's a lot of athleticism in that team and there's a lot of ability. So it's going to be a team that can that can do it I'm backing them all the way, but listen, Cambridge, Oxford, Bristol, all good teams, whoever comes out of there is going to have to have earned it because that is a, a tough gauntlet to have to run. In the north, we have Smog 2 against the Brown. The Brown we haven't seen so far this season. They were supposed to play, they were supposed to play Usburn Social Club, but that game was postponed. Well, not postponed, I suppose it was cancelled because Usburn, I believe, did not have the number of players that they needed to fulfil that fixture, so the Brown had to buy through to the next round. We've discussed that before anyway, so... The Brown against Smog 2, I think, is probably going to be the only game here where I can't really see a way that this is a tighter game. I think the Brown, purely because the area that they draw players from is the same area that Smog draw players from, and Smog have taken a lot of the best players, not only that are experienced and been playing for a long time, but also people who go to university in Newcastle, who would usually have been going to the Brown. Several of those players are with Smog this year, and I think the Brown... Are going to put up a good fight. I think they are going to give it everything they've got. 
But Smog 2 squad is, uh, I think, going to be beyond them. I think their squad is, is too talented, and I think they're going to have enough that this game should not be that close. The other game is, in my opinion, the game of the round. Lemmings versus Leeds is going to be extremely tight. Looking at the squads and the squad pitches that I've seen, I think Lemmings probably have a bit more, a bit more depth. But the top of Leeds roster is really, really good. And I think it's going to be really difficult for Lemmings to match up against players like Avril Hunter, for example. Avril Hunter, one of Leeds' captains, has played for Reading and Great Britain. She's an extremely good player. And Lemmings have got some really good, talented, young female players. But Avril is experienced enough and talented enough that it's a tough cover for anybody. So I think Lemmings are a little deeper. Leeds may be a little better at the top. But... This game is going to be one that goes down to the wire, I expect. I have been backing Lemmings from the beginning of this whole process. I've been said they've been one of the more underrated teams coming into it. I'm sticking with that decision. I think that Lemmings are probably going to have enough to pull this out. But I look forward to seeing the result of this game, and I hope it lives up to the expectations that I certainly have for it. So I'm saying Lemmings Smog in the semi-final. Again, I've said since the beginning, I think Smog 2 are going to win the cup. So I have Smog going through to the final from there. I think... Realistically, Leeds are going to be the quarter-finalist that comes through, the losing quarter-finalist that comes through against the Brown. I think the loser of Lemmings or, or Leeds is going to have a spot to play for because the uh, with Mighty Hucks potentially finishing the top three, that would mean that the two best quarter-finalists are likely to be playing up. So I think whoever comes through that Lemmings-Leeds matchup obviously is going to go through to the semi-final and have a potential chance at going straight into nationals. But whoever loses it, I think, is also going to have a chance at going. So I think it's not necessarily a, a do-or-die game in terms of their whole season. But uh, yeah, I, I expect these three teams to all have a shot at nationals. And I think Smog are probably going to be our finalists when all is said and done. So that's the Mixed Cup. It's going to be a really tight weekend. It's going to be a really interesting weekend. The weather looks terrible. So we're going back to... Good old mixed frisbee in awful weather. What everyone likes. It's what everyone's here for. I know the weather in Oxford, which is where the southern bracket is going to be, uh, is forecasted to rain all day. I don't think it's going to be that windy. I hope it's not going to be that windy. I know that would make it even more miserable. And the other games are in the north, so I expect it will be miserable and cold and wet. Um, not that I'm saying that the north is miserable necessarily. I'm just saying the weather always seems to be bad. So... Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. I look forward to reviewing these games next week. And next week we'll be previewing the Open and I believe the Women's Cups because they'll both be happening. We'll have a whole other week of interesting things happen and we'll be able to discuss all those things and what that means for nationals and what it means for Euros and who might be going to Euros and Worlds and all the speculation that you all are used to. So thank you all for listening to this week's pod just as with all the other parts so far this year. And I will speak to you all soon.